You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to my show, Naomi. Thank you. When I asked you what you might want to do a podcast about, a couple things came up, and one of them that I think is so interesting and that I really, really want to talk about is subtitles, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds interesting. Um, (laughs) But I know that you watch a lot of K-dramas, and you watch them with subtitles, and you have started learning Korean, right? A little bit. I recognize words, yeah. Okay, so you're getting to the point where sometimes you can understand what is actually being said yes. instead of solely relying on the subtitles, and you have opinions about that. <laughs> I do. Which, and so do I. So, <laughs> so this is going to be a, a different and interesting discussion about words and subtitles and how we enjoy media that is not in our native language. So how did you get into (laughs) K-dramas? Well, actually it was through your sister. So Darcy introduced me to your guys' favorite, or at least her family's favorite Korean drama, which is Faith, or known as The Great Doctor. And um, honestly, that is an amazing introduction to (laughs) K-dramas. Um, so she introduced me to that, I think, in 2015 or 2016. So I have been watching Korean dramas for, like, what is that? Seven years? <laughs> and I love it, and I'm never going to go back, and I love watching them. <laughs> so that's how I got introduced. And actually, Darcy does not actually watch that many Korean dramas anymore, and I have, like, watched them ever since she introduced me. I really love Faith the Great Doctor. That was the first K-drama I was introduced to, and I loved it. But I have probably watched less dramas than my sister, actually. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been fun, us hanging out together more. I've watched way more with you (laughs) than I have by myself in a long time. Yeah. And why is learning the language important to you? Well... For context, like, people like to watch foreign dramas, um, with dubbed, over-subbed. I've heard, like, maybe not everybody, but I like watching them with sub so that I can hear it in the native language. I think it's really important to, it's interesting to hear people talk in their native language, and also it's fun to learn how they say certain things. Not every language I can pick up on, but with Korean, I have been able to pick up on how to say I'm sorry, whether that's formalized or not formalized. There's not too many words I know, but like how to say sister and how to say brother. I think it's really fun to learn new languages. And yeah, I think it's really important to know other people's languages and to respect that by watching with subtitles. I know the sub versus dub issue is really big in anime circles, and I don't think either of us are really qualified to talk about that because neither of us watch that many animes, Uh but it is an interesting thought. I have watched things dubbed 
I have watched things sobbed, and I think there's things I like about and dislike about both. Mm-hmm. Um, with the K-dramas, because they tend to be live action, I like subtitles more with live action because the mouth move if the mouth movements are completely different in live action that's kind of weird to me i think i can accept dubs more when they are in animation and mouth movements are more ambiguous i guess <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense that does make a lot of sense have you ever seen a k drama did you ever try one with dub I haven't, actually. There was another foreign film that I came across that was dubbed, and after a while, I found out that it was dubbed, and I was horrified, actually, that it was dubbed. And I was like, I can't watch this not in its native language. I was horrified. But I haven't watched it with Korean, actually. <laughs> um, I find, I know that people don't watch Korean series or in fact, other foreign series because they don't want to watch subtitles. They just want to watch something that's easy. They can <clears throat> do other things like cook or sew while they're watching so they don't really have to think about it. But I do like subtitles. I'm not opposed to them because I grew up with English movies and sometimes those are hard to understand with the dialects. And so you'd throw you on British English. Yes, British English. Yes, I have <laughs> definitely done that with some British TV shows yeah. or series yes <laughs> You're like, what on earth are they saying oh hey it's english you put subtitles on <laughs> yes one of the disadvantages of subtitles is you are reading and so sometimes if there's a lot going on that you should be paying attention to visually sometimes it's distracting to have to read mm-hmm. but again i feel like with the k-drama there it's really set up to work well for subtitles because there doesn't tend to be a lot of people like stop and have a conversation and then they do things and then they stop and they have a conversation. I I feel like in American media, it's more likely to have dialogue and visually important things going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like um, with Korean series, I do rewind a lot because I miss something. But I, I like not missing something and going back and making sure I saw the visual or su- made sure I understand the subtitles. But So I rewind a lot more than I would for like an English movie. That's really interesting. I feel like that's a benefit of how we experience media through streaming and on our computers because you can't do that in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., I have not seen a lot of movies that were subtitled. <laughs> in theaters <laughs> yeah but I do enjoy watching them online sometimes mm-hmm. so. so I thought it would be interesting to mention that I lived overseas in China for a while and everything is subtitled there wow so I would watch English movies with my friends in the movie theater and of course it has Chinese subtitles but also while I was watching Chinese TV it's subtitled commercials are subtitled <laughs> Um, I would be on the bus and there would be like a TV screen and the news is subtitled, everything is subtitled, which as a language learner, that was really helpful for me, but I just thought that was an interesting cultural thing and before I moved overseas, I would say I had um, a bias against 
subtitling things in English uh, because I thought it would distract from the visuals and I'm a very visual person and, but while I was there everything is subtitled and also I had a, a friend who is American but really liked to have the subtitles on so he could read everything that was going on in the movie and I realized that also helped if we were with a mixed group of native and non-English mm. um, speakers would just have the subtitles on and then people are just getting more information. So then I came back to the United States and now I just put subtitles on everything. And sometimes like on Disney Plus, I'll put subtitles in Chinese sometimes because I'm like, hey, what does this show look like with Chinese subtitles? Or when I'm watching things with my mom, we'll just have English subtitles on and that helps her because her hearing isn't so good sometimes and, and I'm just used to it now. So it's, it's just fascinating how like for me, I used to be super against subtitling of any kind mm. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, it should all just be subtitled. (laughs) Do you know why they subtitle everything in China? Yes, I believe I do. Because Chinese is a tonal language, so a lot of the words sound the same. You have to know a lot of context to understand verbal Chinese. Mm. And if you have the characters there, then each character is unique. And you can just look and go, oh, that's the one. And especially for, like, names. No confusion. Right. Yeah. When people introduce themselves. And I do this, too, with my Chinese name. You say the word and then, like, the word it's connected to. Mm-hmm. So, for example, my um, my Chinese name is Zhizhi, which is a cutesy version of the word for wisdom, which is Zhihui. Now, there's a lot of different words that also sound like Zhizhi. Mm-hmm. There could be like tons. So when I introduce myself, I'll say, My name is Zhizhi, like Zhihui, mm-hmm. that Zhi. So if you're reading that, then you just immediately know. Another reason I think there's subtitles everywhere is there's a lot of people who speak a dialect. So most people speak Mandarin, but, but maybe at home they speak Cantonese or they speak. Uh, there's just thousands of different dialects. Mm. So again, the the different dialects don't have a different written. It's all written the same. So even if you don't, if you're in a place in China where you just don't speak Mandarin a lot, mm-hmm. but you're watching TV, then you can just read the subtitles, and it will also help improve your Mandarin because you're associating that with that. I have some friends who were not born in a place that speaks Cantonese but they learned Cantonese because they just watched Cantonese soap operas. <laughs> and they just learned basically by reading the subtitles and associating it with the words. Yeah, wow. Kind yeah. of like what you're doing. <laughs> Very interesting, yeah. <laughs> so that's my experience with subtitles. What kinds of subtitles have you experienced? And like, what's the best? What's what's the worst? Well, I mean, from the very get-go, like watching Faith or The Great Doctor, when they would say, like, hey, dude, but they would say, punk. And it was like, that's not maybe the right context for, context for this extremely formalized um, historical drama to say, hey, punk. Like, I don't think that's what they really meant to say, but that's what the subtitles were. So you would just see it, and you're like, well, that's not really what they mean. And you're just hit. Like, it's more like, I don't know, brother or bro, not punk. <laughs> 
I would say I've probably come across maybe not that word in other dramas, but where you're like, oh, that's not really what they mean. It's more a little less, you know, gangster. I would say punk is sort of. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe um, one of the bad examples. And then like um, the best subtitles are definitely on Vicky, which is a fan based um, website where you can see all these South, well, Asian dramas. I love Vicky and they have fans who translate it to different languages. So they they have subtitles in mostly English, but then like lots of other languages. And they do the best job of doing subtitles because they, they almost do almost too good of a job because they translate sometimes signs that aren't even, like they're in the picture, in the frame of the movie, and there's like a sign for a grocery and they just say grocery store and you're like, what? what? Oh, there's a grocery store in the back. But, like, it's not applicable to the drama that you're watching, but, like, they throw it in just so that you know what it says. <laughs> yeah. That gets really, that gets into some interesting topics because how much needs to be translated on the screen? Like, obviously, if the place they're at is important Maybe it would be good to know. But yeah, if it's just like the background grocery store, yep. you don't need that information. But at the same time, if you were a native of that language, you would know that information. Mm-hmm. So like, how much do you need? Yeah, I would say um, like I watch Korean dramas on Netflix too. They have Netflix dramas and they also have Korean dramas that weren't filmed by Netflix. And they do less job, good job of like translating some things. But I think, I don't know, there's a mix. Like I like subtitles. I watch some medical dramas and they give you the details of what like um, abbreviation they use for medical terms. And they're like, wow, they're going along and he says some abbreviation and then they have in brackets at the bottom this is what he means by that wow. and it's really informative like I don't know anything about medical but it's very informative you're like oh now I know what that abbreviation means and they also have it on in the Korean so they have it abbreviated for the Korean so they have it on the bottom of the screen telling you the Korean viewers what it means and so they have that for the English so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything Whereas I feel like there's a K-drama on Netflix and that also is medical and they throw that in for the Korean speakers and the English subtitles don't say what it is. And you're like, I wanted to know what that meant. Like, it'd be nice for me to know that. But So like in Korean, it's giving this extra information. Yeah, the bottom of the screen, like the subtitles for them. Wow. And in the English, Netflix is like, no, you don't need this information. Yes, exactly. That's not important. I'm like, but it's interesting. I like knowledge. I like knowing what that means. I'm really excited that we're doing this episode today because I recently watched this TV show that I absolutely loved and it had one of the most interesting and I think best uses of subtitles I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And at the time of this recording, this TV show has just come out on Disney Plus. It's called American Born Chinese. Oh. So it's about this American boy in America and his parents um immigrated from a Chinese-speaking place, and he doesn't know Chinese very well, 
but his parents, that's their native language, so they will speak to each other in, to Ch in Chinese, but they'll speak to him in English, and he, he knows a little bit, and so he is listening to them, and they're having a fight, and it, there's subtitles, but only for the words he knows, oh. and so there's these blanks. And it was it was weird for me because I understood what they were saying, <laughs> and, and so I knew the context about what they were saying. And what was really really fascinating and um, slight spoiler warning for this American born Chinese, I highly recommend it. Watch it; it's really great. But this this one scene, he is hearing them fight, and he's hearing bits and pieces. And at the end, he hears fried squid and then okay what about dinner mm. and so in his mind he's like they were fighting about dinner <laughs> and so but what was actually going on <laughs> and it is explained later like later uh another boy whose chinese is better he they're talking and the main character is like yeah my parents are really weird they were fighting about fried squid and the other boy says, now, do you know that in Chinese, fried squid is slang for getting fired? Oh. And so what I knew, <laughs> because I understood the conversation, is they were fighting about the husband's job and how he's not speaking up at work. He's not getting this promotion. And he's like, you don't understand what it's like there. I don't want to get fired. You're pushing me to talk to my boss. I don't want to get fired. And so after this is explained to the main character again he's in his room and he's hearing his parents fight and again you're only getting what he understands which is minimal and then it you hear fried squid and then the subtitle changes to getting fired and i thought that was just the most brilliant way to use subtitles in a story of using the limitations of you only understand or this character only understands these little pieces but then having it change when the character understands a word differently i thought that was brilliant that's pretty powerful yeah it was really really good use of subtitles and what a wonderful way of like immersing you into his point of view you only see the world or hear the world through him that's amazing yes, i thought that was so powerful and so good and as a language learner who i don't always understand what's going on it was really relatable to me because that's sometimes how it feels and i'm sure you get that too like <laughs> you're watching something you're listening to something in the language you want to learn and you're like oh yeah i get all right i don't know i don't i don't know why we're talking about that now. i i didn't understand that that is so true i feel like when i watch a k drama because i have subtitles i feel like oh i know so much of the language like i can understand that oh they didn't mean this they didn't mean to say mother they actually meant to say aunt or the other way around and then i'm like well think about if I went to Korea, would I be able to understand anything? No. The answer is absolutely no. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be able to say hi, and I could say sorry. <laughs> hey, that's an important start. <laughs> and now it's time for Random Recommendations. 
definitely a K-drama that I want to recommend. Um, <laughs> on Netflix, they have a, um, a drama that is called Romance is a Bonus Book. And that's the first Netflix show that I watched on Netflix. And it's one of the two reasons why I keep Netflix is because that is a Netflix drama. And it's called Romance is a Bonus Book. And it's about two friends who both work at a publishing company. He is a chief, one of the chief editors, and she works in the like very bottom job in this industry. And it's just a beautiful story. Their friendship is gorgeous. This is not a spoiler alert. He does love her from the very beginning. He has loved her for like, I don't know, 10 years. And she doesn't know that. She just thinks he's one of her best friends. And then they're working at this publishing company and they're sort of pretending that they don't know each other for very long. Like, I guess because their job positions are so vastly different from each other, so they can't really show that they've been friends, like, for so long. And then it's also very interesting because it's about books, and I love books, and it's very interesting to see how they would print books. Whether that's how they actually print books in Korea, I don't know. But like it's very different from any kind of books and book covers and deciding about book covers and how books sell in this country as opposed to how they're selling it in that drama. And it's very interesting and the characters are love so amazing and so fun to watch and it's really funny, it's really endearing and it's really serious at some points and I just watch it, it's amazing. <laughs> Hello friends, this is the part of the show where Kendra gives a recommendation and I would like to recommend Koi Inc. Studio. I did a podcast with my friend Amanda who runs Koi Inc. She's an artist, a teacher, and she has a lot of cool things to share. If you are interested in art, specifically local art for Longmont, Colorado, you should check out some of her products. She has beautiful illustrations and watercolor paintings. If you are interested in learning about art, she is a wonderful teacher and I highly recommend her. You can check out her at koiinkstudio.com. That's C-O-Y-I-N-K studio.com. Now, back to the episode. So what challenges do you see in subtitling and how could it be improved? You said that you, you are not um, very proficient in Korean, but somehow you can tell that Vicky's is of a higher quality than Netflix. What are like, give me like a couple different requirements that make good subtitles. I think it's important to keep us informed, especially like what I was saying about if it's on the screen, whether they're speaking it or it's in a parentheses down at the bottom, it's important to translate that for everybody. Um, I was thinking about the accuracy of it pertaining in our language or if it's supposed to have a more foreign flavor. Um, I think it's really nice to have it very clear for English speakers, but then for us to be able to understand that that's not how they're actually saying it in Korean. I find it very interesting when they're speaking along and you realize that they said someone's name at the big, like where we would say it, oh, 
Mr. Smith is going to the train station. They say it in Korean, like, he's going to the train station, Mr. Smith, or something like that. It's fun to see how it's different. Like, if they rearrange the syntax, how the sentences are structured to match Korean, it would be maybe too weird. Yeah. (laughs) But I also get what you're saying about sometimes you do want to have it be clear to the audience there, there is no exact equivalent. Mm-hmm. I know um, what little I know about Korean dramas and Korean. They're, they have different like forms of speech depending on how formal it is. Yeah. And if you're talking to someone older or younger, and the way you address them, we use like you, which is a neutral thing. I can say you to the queen or the king and I can say you to you my friend Naomi Mm -hmm. Uh, but in Korean some of those words like some of the pronouns change some of the there's like special titles for people that we don't really use in English yeah I feel like something that doesn't always get translated and I've learned it from watching it seven years um is that like you say ajama, which is like addressing someone who is older than you who is not your sister's age. It could be like someone who's older and you you don't know, you don't say Mrs. to her, you say ajama as like aunt. It means aunt. Mm-hmm. And then like if you're talking to someone who is your own age, you say like if you're a girl, you can say umi. Like umi kenja. Like that's an endearing like they sort of seem to use endearing ways of talking to people, but also being formal about it, which is interesting. And how is that translated in the subtitles? Like, do they even try? Do they say auntie, or do they just use someone's name? (laughs) They usually do, they usually, like, put it in italics and say ajima, so that you can know that. Or they might say the very first time, this is auntie, and then they say what it is. So you learn a new word. And I think that usually pertains to um, Netflix as well. And then, like, sometimes they do say, like, how we would address somebody in English, and then that's when I catch them. I'm like, no, actually, they're saying this more formal title for this person. Like, sister. And I'm like, well, it's not sister, because there's two ways of using sister. There's uni, and then there's also nuna, and I'm not entirely sure how they use it, but, like, I think nuna is, like, someone who's older than you and usually like both guys and girls use that for someone who's older than them but not like drastically older than them then that's like an aunt yeah it's really interesting the limitations of subtitles because you want to get the information across and also you have a limited time to do it um because you can't cram what i found with chinese is that the way Chinese is structured, it can actually convey a lot more information using less words. But it's harder in English to have to cram all those words into the same time it takes to hear the Chinese. So recently watching this, I'm going to probably talk about this show a lot. I really <laughs> like the show American Born Chinese. There are several scenes that are only in Mandarin. And um, I am by no means an expert, but it feels a lot more natural than a lot of Chinese I've heard in American shows and movies. 
Uh, usually it sounds really weird, even to me. <laughs> but this one sounded more natural. And I don't know, again, I'm not a native speaker. I don't know how natural it is, but it sounds more natural. And it was fascinating to me of, in that particular instance that I just talked about, you're using the subtitles to get into the head of this boy. But then there are other scenes where you, as the audience, really need to understand things, so it's just subtitled as usual. And I just get a lot more information from listening. Of There's just these little differences. Hmm. Where there's, there's just a little bit more emphasis added here, or a couple more more information not like necessary information just more than what you get in the subtitles and I think that must be frustrating for people creating subtitles because I think going either way you can never get like the exact meaning because language is not one for one equivalent but then how much do you need (laughs) yeah Yeah, I find yeah (laughs) Because you need enough to understand what's going on, but then you kind of want to add in a little bit more to make it, you know, to try not to annoy the people who know what's going on. <laughs> yes, I mean, I run into that a lot, like, especially those medical dramas, because there's so much information, technical information that they're trying to help help you along with. But sometimes where they're like, this is a joke. And then they try to explain to you what the joke is. And you're like, I really don't get that. But I'm glad that you're trying to say that as a joke and trying to explain it to me. But yeah, it is like, you know, they talk about it and you're like, that makes no sense. And there's like a sentence across the top. And then parentheses below, they're like, this is a joke and this is what they're trying. Like, this word is a play off of this word and that's why it's funny. And I'm like, went completely over my head, but thank you for explaining to me it was a joke as opposed to me thinking, why does that sentence make any sense and why is everyone howling with laughter? Yes. <laughs> so that brings me to my next question, which is how important is accuracy versus accessibility? And I have a story for this one. So I was in China and I was watching an American movie called Hotel Transylvania 3, which is a very fun film. I would recommend it, but I would recommend watching it in English, and this is why. (laughs) It was, the audio was in English, and it had Chinese subtitles, and by that time, I could read, okay, not, not super, super great, but okay, enough to when I'm hearing something and I see it, I know what they're saying. So it, it was fun. Like, ooh, Chinese practice time during the movie. And there was this scene where one of the characters is basically using Siri to look up something on his phone. It was a comedic scene, and all the comedy is based on the words sounding the same because Siri misunderstands what he's saying. And, and there's so many layers to this. In in the context of this film, falling in love is called a zing, where they're describing, I, I, I had a zing once, and that means I fell in love once. So already, how would you even do that in Chinese? Like, we can make up cool words like <laughs> boing and zowie in, in English, but you, you can't do that in Chinese. You have to use set words. So I don't even remember what they used for that. They might have just said, I want to go on a date or something. He says to the phone, I want to find a zing, and the Siri replies, oh, I understand you. You want to change your phone ring. 
And then he continues on trying, no, no, I want to go on a date. Well, in English, date can mean uh, two people going out to have a romantic dinner. And it can also mean what is the day and month of the year. And so she goes, oh, the date is, and she tells him what day it is, which is funny because that's the thing in English. And then there's like another one. And the family I was with, their English was very, very good. And we were laughing. And we were the only people laughing in the theater because they had translated it literally. Oh, no. And in Chinese, again, I don't even remember what they had for zing. But there, there's not, like, a great equivalent for zing in Chinese. That also means you want to date someone. And it certainly does not rhyme with phone ring. And the date in, in Chinese does not sound like how you say what day is it. Oh, no. And so it was just this... I was just reading these words, and they just sound so... Like, what is going on? Why is he talking to his phone this way? Why is she saying these things? It made absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it ruined a little bit of the movie. So, big, long story. Wow. I wanted to talk about... So that was accurate, like, it was accurate. There was no mistakes in the translation. But it was terrible. <laughs> so I want to know your opinion, and if you've ever encountered something like that, or or what if you ever encountered something like that, of what... How, wait, those are difficult questions. Do you, what would you do in that situation? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, I... Oof. I definitely think subtitles don't need to be literal. Like, you don't have to. I think it's better to keep the gist of what they're saying and not say, this is the word he used, but in English. Like, I think it's definitely better to keep the gist so that you can enjoy the story just as much as a Korean viewer can. And, um, yeah. Wow. (laughs) I am very curious. Sometimes when I'm watching dramas... They come up with poetry, and I often wonder mm-hmm. if it rhymes in Korean because they do a fairly good job. Usually, the subtitlers do a very good job of catching the spirit of the poem. So they, in English subtitles, they have the poem, and you're like, "That's beautiful." It's a little rough, maybe sometimes, but it is beautiful, and you can see that it is poetry. But then you wonder. Is it rhyming in their language? Or is rhyming a thing in their language? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like poetry and humor are really, really difficult to communicate. Yeah. In translation. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the the jokes usually go over my head. (laughs) But then they try to tell you it's a joke. So you're like, okay, that's why it's funny. And then um, sometimes I've had a few experiences I can't come up with what they are now but sometimes they make it a joke so you find it funny too so I don't know how they do that but it is interesting to think about what's important with subtitling and that's why I'm like I still watch things on Netflix I don't give them a hard time because it's hard work what do I know I know how he's saying he's sorry you're like oh he's saying he's sorry I don't need to look at the subtitles I know he's saying he's sorry (laughs) that comes up in a lot of (laughs) dramas that I watch someone heartfelt in saying he's sorry. (laughs) 
it sounds like to me, especially people on Vicky, are like getting really creative about subtitles, especially if they're willing to put this is a joke and try and explain why. Yeah. Or even, yeah, trying to maybe come up with a different joke and that makes more sense in English. I think I could accept that because again, it's the gist. It's the the spirit of the <laughs> the thing that's trying to be communicated. Yeah. Another reason why I love subtitled and not dubbed is because you can hear them saying the real language on mm-hmm. their end. And I was um, watching an episode of a very dear favorite drama this afternoon to get in the spirit of this podcast, and um, there was someone was talking to a guy and giving him some advice and she gave this long sentence in English but she only said one word in Korean wow she said one word and then he like leapt off the bench and was upset about it but you're like but I had to read this whole long sentence wow <laughs> and it's just amazing to see that is only one word in their language and I'm I'm like can we have a word like that that means that whole long sentence Sometimes English seems to be missing something. I mean, we're very eloquent, beautiful language in our own right, but like, sometimes you're like, wow, I wish we had like one word for that. I think we do have, it's like a concept. And when when the whole culture is familiar with the concept, it takes very little to stimulate that. Yeah. But then in another language it's like you don't have that concept or one of my friends who's into languages is always like we don't have a thing for that word uh yeah where it's like i've i've come across that too i've actually had to do that um in some of my interpretation classes it's been super frustrating because there will be just one word in one of the languages i'm working with and then in the other language, it, it does. It takes, like, a sentence to explain what this is. I guess it's, like, cultural. Like, you, everyone knows the story, so yeah. you just say the one word. Like, I don't even know what it would be. It's really cultural. <laughs> I, I don't know about Korean, but I do know in Chinese, you can really... It's a, it's a really dense language. So sometimes you will take the first part of two words and just have those two together and it means something and it's a lot for specializations and stuff um I'm trying to think of an example and on the spot I can't think of an example yeah. <laughs> but those are the hard things because a you have to know them and sometimes I don't even know them because I'm used to hearing the full words yeah okay great example just thought of an example So, they're talking about Western countries, Europe and America. There's a word for that. They just took the first part of Europe and the first part of America and smashed them together. (laughs) So, it's just two very small, like, it's just a compound word now. Oh. And it just means Europe and America. (laughs) That's awesome. But that that takes way too long to say in English. (laughs) And so I was, yeah, I was interpreting this thing, and I hear it, and then you have to say really fast, you're in America, because they're already saying something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe I was thinking of an example of, like, what it could be that we use just, like, one word of that someone in a different language won't understand. 
and it might be like, oh yeah, he's a Robin Hood, like he yes he steals from the rich, that kind of thing. Whereas everybody across the states, Canada, England, Australia, maybe even too, would understand what that meant. Whereas if right. you try to understand, like, say that to someone in a different country, they'd be like, what? What does a man shooting archery have to do anything with what you just Or who said? is this Robin guy you're <laughs> yeah. suddenly talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Huh. I think English has its great advantages in how we can make up words. Like I just mentioned, we can make up words that sound like sounds. Yeah. You can't do that in Chinese. Yeah. Like, you have to use word it's it's weird it's like wow you can't make up words yeah and so I think that's where English has a distinct advantage and I love it so much because also some of the words that we use Shakespeare just made up yeah and then we're like that's a cool word let's use that so how many other languages can you do that in (laughs) yeah so (laughs) maybe English is a bit longer but I feel like we have the ability to express things is in a very unique and pretty awesome way. Now, talking about English, this is a slight bunny trail. Oh. But how often do you notice English in K-dramas? And do you notice it? Do does it make sense? Um, I've had I've had some interesting experiences with English in other yeah. <laughs> And it's it's it is, interesting. <laughs> I I literally cannot stop thinking about. I don't even know what word she was talking about. But there is a K drama that Kendra and I are slowly making our way through watching together, and there's this very dramatic, over the top woman who is trying to show off to her neighbors, and I don't remember what she's saying, but she's trying. He she says English. She's trying to show off that she came from Europe and she can speak English. So she says English, and everyone's like, "Wow, she's speaking English!" And like she's speaking English, and then she's like, drastically saying like, "Yes, I can speak English!" Like she just like draws it out, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, she can speak English!" And me as an English speaker is dying of laughter because it's hilarious. But I mean. She's just trying to show off. <laughs> I think that is usually a fact. Like, if someone's trying to be arrogant or haughty or showing off, they sometimes speak, like, two words in English, and everyone's, like, either, like, oh, they're just arrogant or, wow, she's speaking English, and it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there are, the, like, um... Korean dramas where the person does start speaking English and depending on the subtitler they might just oh yeah that is something on Netflix they decide that this person is speaking in English we're just going to stop having subtitles because obviously you'll know what they're saying oh no that might not and be that's the case, not the case. <laughs> really depends on the actor or the actress but usually it's not the case and in Vicky they do keep on giving you subtitles I think for the most part, which is nice because you can't always understand a foreign speaker speaking English. There's accents and there's some heavy accents. Sometimes yeah. I think, I, and I'm, I know I've probably run into this, the actor or actress doesn't actually know English, they learn it phonetically. Ah. So they just learn their line 
learns phonetically, so they don't know where to put the emphasis. Yes. So I had I had a really weird experience. I was watching this Chinese soap opera. This was fairly early on. My Chinese was not good. So I was having to stop it a lot and, like, look up all the words. It was very, very slow going. And I got to this one part, and I was just super confused because what they were saying, I couldn't even understand what they were trying to say. It didn't match what was going on with the subtitles. And so I watched it again, and I realized they were speaking English. (laughs) So I was like, oh, they're speaking English. So then I I tried to ignore the subtitles, and I I couldn't understand what they were saying. (laughs) So then I watched it again, trying to read the subtitles. And then I ended up just pausing it and looking up the subtitles on my phone so I could finally figure out what they were saying. And then I played it again, and then I could kind of figure out what they were saying. And I I am pretty sure these actors just didn't speak English. One was a, a Chinese actor, which was, it was weird. He was supposed to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then it was a flashback to when he was in some Western country and he was, based off of the subtitles, he was making um, blueprints for a construction project, but they weren't very mm-hmm. good. And so the, one of the main construction guys in the foreign country was arguing with him about it and fired him. Oh. I got that from the the subtitles. What they were saying were really simple words that didn't make sense. One of the actors, I believe they were supposed to be in like, it hinted possibly America and the um, the construction workers, I'm, I'm pretty sure were from a Slavic speaking country because that person also couldn't speak English super fluently and had a very strong accent so that was weird that was um but then (laughs) it goes both ways because now that I know more Mandarin there's a lot of random Mandarin in a lot of movies and TV shows oh like you mean American American shows and it doesn't make sense and it sounds really weird and I think one of the one of the weirdest is a very popular show called Firefly, which is a really fun show, but um, they did not research any of the language. So it's basically Google Translate, and it's mostly swear words. Oh. So it's kind of, if you know what they're saying, it's, it's kind of offensive. But there's this one part where this one character, and, and none of the characters are actually Chinese. So no one is actually speaking authentically. But one of the characters is trying to ex- is talking to his girlfriend, and and he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to see you soon." And he has a British accent too, so he's like, "You know, oh, I will be seeing you soon." What a bay. which sounds really weird in Chinese, especially with the British accent, because what he basically said is like, "You know, I can't wait to see you soon, baby," <laughs> uh, which is. Which just sounds kind of weird. <laughs> so, baby. So, I just think, it, I, I think it's funny how when using a language you are not familiar with in a TV show, there's just a very high percentage of it sounding very strange yeah. to native speakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make a really good point. I feel like 
America has a hard time with like, hey, we're gonna say this language, let's try to respect it and try to figure out a way, of, good way of saying that. And I'm not saying like for a lot of languages, maybe they're improving. I don't know. I don't watch a lot <laughs> of new movies, but I will with say Chinese, that with Chinese, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bad out. Like it's really bad. <laughs> I will say that, like, some Korean actors really do have very good English. And so, like, it depends on who's in the movie that they speak English. Like, if they're supposed to be having lived in New York for half of their life, their English should be pretty good. But, like, it's not always, but that's okay. They're Korean and they're speaking English because they're supposed to be from New York, but it's okay. But, like, sometimes their English is very good and sometimes it's, like, rewind rewind okay i get the gist of what she or he is saying and i i don't know it it is odd coming across english and korean (laughs) i also i've told you this before um i love about netflix is that they have several tv shows that i very much love that are korean but also they go to different language different countries so Mm. they one of my favorite is they go to morocco and people in morocco speak Spanish and English and so there's like all these languages that you're like suddenly flung into but they give subtitles they just keep on going and giving you subtitles and you realize that they're not speaking Korean any longer they're speaking Arabic and you're like whoa 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 rewind okay they're speaking Arabic now but it's just in English they never give you an indicator because it's Netflix and they don't do a good job with indicators (laughs) but they don't give an indicator that you swapped languages that would be really important because a lot of us don't know the difference between yes. a lot of different languages. <laughs> I happily know what Spanish sounds like and I happily know what Arabic sounds like, but they also sort of have, like, I mean, they're all foreign languages to me, so you have to actually stop and realize that you're listening to a different language. <laughs> That's really interesting. That would be a really good thing to do is to subtitle when you're in a situation like that. Just put in the subtitles. Yeah, what what language are we speaking now? Yeah, like that suddenly adds they say, something. Yeah. Right, they suddenly say he drops into Arabic, and you're like, oh, he's speaking in Arabic now. That's really cool. He speaks like three languages now. But then they just drop the subtitles when someone's speaking in English because you're an English speaker, so you should always be able to understand it. And you're like, but but I don't because they have an Arabic accent, or they're supposed to have an Arabic accent, and I don't even know if they have an Arabic accent because are they speaking authentic Arabic? Well, maybe their English or whatever isn't, like, in the context of the video isn't supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, that lady right. who is showing off for her friends and you as an English speaker, oh, yeah, it's just... Yes. Like, the reverse of that, I think, is hilarious. In the one we're watching, um, there's that one woman whose English is so incredibly good that you could tell the actress probably has studied abroad. Mm-hmm. But she's supposed to be this North Korean um, housewife who just started learning English within the past, like, two years or something. And and she speaks and it's like, wow, I wish I could learn. And she's kind of a comedic character. Mm-hmm. So it's almost weird. It's like she might want to ham up not being able to speak English that well because her English is so good it almost breaks the reality. And you're just thinking about where did this – you know, where did this actress study? Her English is so good. <laughs> yeah. 
I find it interesting going back to what you were th- talking about in Chinese dramas having like a Slavic person speaking English because they're blonde and I run into that quite often sometimes in Korean dramas they're like saying that this person is Western so obviously he's blue-eyed and blonde-haired and very fair and you're like um excuse me (laughs) I am not blonde-haired or very fair it's very funny seeing who they think is American. Who looks and, the part. Yes, who right. looks the part. And sometimes you know that person has been living in Korea for a long time because they have a heavy Korean accent, but they're speaking English. So, like, they might be English, but they've been living in Korea for, like, 15 years as a businessman. And so he speaks Korean, but he's speaking English, and he's not supposed to be... He doesn't understand Korean. And you're like, but he does because he has an accent. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Right. Well, and I've, I've seen the reverse of that. Um, I would like more American movies to embrace Cantonese. So I, I don't speak Cantonese, but that's one of the major dialects around the world. One of the major Chinese dialects. It's just, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very prevalent in America because a lot of the first Chinese immigrants to America spoke Cantonese. It's, they're getting better. But what I've noticed in, um, especially older, and when I mean older, I mean like from the 90s, <laughs> uh, American movies with Chinese in it, is um, you can tell that they'll have a Chinese person speaking Mandarin. And I've wondered if many of them, like I can tell they have an accent. It's not, um, they call it standard Mandarin. And I've often wondered if their native Chinese language is actually Cantonese. And then they're like, the director just is like, oh, but you're supposed to speak Mandarin because that's what, my, you know, that's what Chinese people speak. Wow. And I, it, 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 I will especially say um, modern movies. The movie Shang-Chi, which is the latest Marvel superhero one. Oh. That movie was kind of fun for me because um, the Mandarin was actually good. But it was also kind of confusing because based on like the context context of it, um, Cantonese is way older than Mandarin. It's it's a very old language. And also they were in Macau. And I've been to Macau and people don't really speak Mandarin in Macau. <laughs> they speak Cantonese. Mm-hmm. And so you have like these ancient cause his dad is supposed to be like this ancient immortal being who speaks Mandarin and it's like oh I think it would have been cooler if he was speak if he was speaking Cantonese and maybe in these American movies like don't just say speak Mandarin like be like so what's your native Chinese language we're gonna have like this Chinese subplot and do you oh you speak Cantonese that's great let's see if we can get a couple Cantonese actors that you guys can have like your Cantonese subplot (laughs) or like oh no you speak Mandarin you should you know instead of like forcing these Cantonese speakers to speak Mandarin yeah (laughs) anyway that's that's just my um yeah that's my pet peeve (laughs) so of kind of again looking the part but maybe not speaking the way that the Western audience is thinking they're speaking. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So that covers a breadth of language and subtitles in film and yeah. shows. Do you have anything else to add, Naomi? 
Not really, except that I would say if you listener have not watched many foreign films or series that definitely say give it a try. I think it's really important to learn new things and try to understand different people's ways of making films. I find um, how Koreans make different their their series is beautiful like not all of them are beautiful like there are like horror that I don't ever watch or murder mysteries but like their their series for the most part seem to be really beautiful and wholesome and I find American series really lacking in wholesomeness and also just the experience of how a different country makes a different series like mm-hmm. I think it's really important to get out of your comfort zone and give it a try and usually Korean series are like 16 episodes or 24 episodes they're like an hour an episode but give it like a chance three episodes or something I think they're really important and really beautiful can you give listeners maybe I know you we've already talked about many and you already gave a recommendation (laughs) but just to refresh everyone's memories can you give like three Korean dramas that you would recommend for people to get into it um, I really recommend Descendants of the Sun. I know you can watch it on Vicky.com, but um, I don't know where else you can watch it. But Descendants of the Sun is really wonderful. It's about a doctor and a army officer and how they connect. I find that's very a good movie. And then um, Hospital Playlist on Netflix is really good. It's also a medical drama, so if you don't like that, that's fine. But that's very, I think, a good way of getting into is light humored. And the one I recommended, I would also think is a good start. Thank you so much, Naomi, for um, talking about language. You know, I get really, really excited talking about language, so... Yeah, you're welcome. It's really, really fun to talk about it. I love talking (laughs) about this stuff. (laughs) And also, thank you for, yeah, being an advocate for trying new things with shows. And who knows, maybe falling into something really fun. Thank you so much for listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And if you would like to see the artwork that I made for it, please check out my Facebook page or my Instagram account. You can find me by looking for Patchwork Girl Productions. I hope that this episode has encouraged you to go out and have interesting conversations with your friends. I release new podcasts every other week and sometimes special ones on holidays. Have a great day, friends. I'll see you next time.